The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. Chapter 12. Zuko's Quest. Christian stared, then stared again. Yes, Truth was riding a motorcycle. He couldn't believe it. Her hair was all ratted and crazy, like she had purposely messed it up to get attention. Her schoolgirl uniform was replaced with black leather. She had a bunch of piercings in her ears. The other riders of various ages had dark sunglasses, long beards, and obviously temporary tattoos. Yeah, that's right, one of the bikers yelled in thick slang. We're here now. What are you going to do about it? They went circling around one of the pilgrims in the chamber, jeering and swinging chains in the air. You call yourself a real pilgrim? The lead biker yelled. Yeah, another biker yelled. You're just a lazy half-baked pilgrim who hides in your palace and preaches false doctrine. Yeah, false doctrine, Truth said. That mess is straight crazy, bro. Straight crazy, a biker echoed. Christian approached the circling bikers. Hey, leave that pilgrim alone. He hasn't done anything to you. We won't hurt him, the lead biker said. Christian guessed he was the lead biker as he had the longest beard. Yeah, who do you think we are? shouted another biker. Yeah, Truth said. We ain't ice no squares. We're the elect. You know what that means, punks? Means we're predestined to wreck face and spray mace. Do you know what I'm saying, uh, ace? Truth, what the four-letter word? Christian stepped into the path of the bikers, but they just went around. The other pilgrims saw how slowly the bikers were driving and ran off. The bikers diverted their attention toward Christian. Run off, little heretic, the lead biker yelled. You can't resist what's irresistible. That's right, another biker did a high five while circling. Truth, snap out of it. Christian ran after Truth's motorcycle. Who are these guys? These my new crew, Truth said. The sound of her atrocious attempt to emulate the biker's accent caused Christian's ears physical pain. They be correct, and they care about me. Unlike that platitude platypus, they won't let these people spit false theology without spitting fire back. Truth be straight dope, boys, the lead biker yelled. The other bikers gave more cries of approval, and some started chanting, Truth! 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 Christian looked from Truth to the bikers and back. And these people are... who exactly? Truth dropped her accent. I think the author is using this opportunity to criticize any antagonistical theologians and isn't brave enough to call out any specific denomination as he wants to avoid controversy. We're the Calvinists, bro! The lead biker said. We don't care who knows it! Oh. Truth showed a twinge of surprise. Uh, never mind then. The Calvinists gave more shouts of affirmation. Truth smiled, tried to do a gang sign, and almost fell off her motorcycle. Do they have to be so destructive? Christian said. This can't be helpful for these pilgrims. He motioned to the pilgrims at the edge of the room, cowering from the bikers. We don't care about no silly consequences, the lead Calvinist said. Overseer be in control, so ain't nothing go down that he ain't sorted. What? Christian said. Yeah, Truth said, her accent returning. Peeps be straight wicked, bro, so the overseer sends his boy down to get whacked, but only for bros he wants, not because of any shine they got, because the overseer be straight merciful. Straight positive merciful, bro, a biker said. Christian blinked again. What? Truth kept talking. But we ain't got no dog in the fight a choosin' to turn into the overseer, cause he got that sitch on rails. And since the overseer got that on rails and his gears don't go in reverse, that means that once we get clear with the overseer, we ain't ever gettin' non-clear again, cause salvation keeps on truckin', bros. Christian's expression made no change. What? 
Truth stopped her motorcycle and got out. Look, it just makes sense. The overseer is all-powerful, so everything he does is his will. It must be predestined. Okay, that does actually make a lot of sense, metaphysically, but do you have to act so... Rebellious? Truth swung a chain over her head, emulating her fellow bikers. Then she accidentally smacked herself in the face and stopped. Rebellion is duty in the empire of lies. The bikers looked at her strangely. Truth looked embarrassed. Uh, I mean, I gotta scrape when squares be shredding whack theology. Uh, bro? The Calvinist biker gang hooted their approval. Truth smiled at the affirmation. What's all this? A voice said from the entrance to the auditorium. Zella and Love stood near the door, ready for battle. We were alerted by the sound of hijinks! Zealot saw truth, and shock filled his face. Truth! What did they do to your hair? Was it this one? He pointed at one of the bikers. I'll hang him by his own beard! The lead biker pulled in front of truth and scowled at them. You got it all wrong, lie spouter. Truth is hanging with our crew. We're the Calvinists, and we don't care who knows it. Christian stepped next to Love and Zealot and faced the bikers. Sounds like you care a lot that people know it. Quiet, you, the lead biker shouted. Calvinism rocks! Love winced. Oh, no, not these guys again. What? One of the bikers drove up to Love, pushed forward, forcing her back. What? What, what, what? You got a problem, huh? Do you? Don't like our theology? You think we're wrong? Prove me wrong. Do it, punk, I dare you. You think the overseer ain't all-powerful? That what you think, cherry picker? Say it. Say you don't think the overseer is all-powerful. Zealot stepped between the biker and Love. Do you wish for me to disembowel this rambunctious motorman? You want to go, big chin? The biker drew a flamethrower from a pouch on his bike. We'll show you what we do with heretics at the Republic of Geneva. Wait. Truth drove her motorcycle between Zealot and the Calvinists. Don't go burning people you disagree with. What kind of Calvinist would ever do that? There was an awkward silence. Two of the bikers grabbed Christian by the arms before he could raise his goss rifle. They stuck flamethrower spouts to his head. Do you wish to commence with violence? Zealot said. That I can abide. Yeah, the lead biker said. But don't forget that you started it. Stop, Love said. We're all pilgrims here. There's no reason to fight. We don't want to fight the biker said in front of Zealot. We'll do it if you start flicking lead at us. No one is flicking lead, Love said. Indeed, Zealot said. My gun shoots missiles. No way, the lead Calvinist said. That's sick. Oh, Zealot smiled. Then thank you. These boisterous brigands seem to appreciate the finer points of excessive firepower. Surely we can talk out our differences. Sounds fly to me, said the lead Calvinist. The Calvinists lowered their flamethrowers and released Christian. The lead Calvinist's tone softened. So you don't think the overseer is all-powerful? No, obviously he's all-powerful, Love said. But this isn't about- Then predestination is the word, boys! Straight word! Truth revved the engine on her bike. She lost control and the bike shot out from under her, skidding across the floor. Sorry, sorry, she said, running after the bike. Well, look at what we have here, another voice said. Everyone turned. A half-dozen men in suits, trench coats, and fedoras walked out from a side hallway. They held tommy guns, and the world seemed to turn to black and white around them. Oh no, one of the bikers said. It's the Arminians! Them boys is whack! Zealot leaned down next to Love and whispered, which for Zealot meant everyone in the room still heard him. What do the Calvinists have against people from Armenia? No, no, not Armenians. Arminians, Love said. Yeah! The lead Arminian said, We're Arminians, 
Not a minions. Well, except for our man, Armand, in the back there. Who isn't a minion, a minion? He motioned towards someone in the back of the crowd. Regardless, we ain't scared of no heretics. Any of you step out of line and our ill-tempered gunslinging lady named Dan will take you out. He motioned towards a lady to the side of the crowd who held two Tommy guns. Ah, Zealot said with understanding. So that makes her an armed meanie Anne. Everyone stared at Zealot. He sent back a bemused glance. Oh, come now. Everyone saw that pun coming, right? It was a quite obvious setup. You have stolen the punchline of our pun, the lead Arminian said. For this, we must kill you. The Arminians raised their weapons. Oh, very well. I apologize, Zealot said. Oh, okay. All the Arminians lowered their weapons. One of the Arminians in the front stepped towards the Calvinists. You got a lot of noise coming into our toif, Calvinists. Are you trying to violate our right to free will again? We don't talk kindly to that. Hurts our feelings, you see. Hurts them real bad. Armand, the Armenian Arminian in the back, slowly raised his hand across his tommy gun. What kind of flowers you want on your grave, Calvinists? Tulips, I guess, discerned a couple of chuckles from the non-Armenian Arminians. You want to dance, Arminians? One of the Calvinists said, bursting forward and thrusting a finger toward the face of the lead Arminian. Anytime, anywhere, said the lead Arminian. As long as it's metaphorical. Because we don't actually like dancing. It's a recipe for temptation, capiche? The armed meanie named Anne said. How about right now? Truth said. We can't take some heresy spitters. Sounds good to me, the lead Arminian said. Except the weekly potluck starts in ten minutes, and we don't want to miss out. That's the only time it's socially acceptable to talk to the opposite sex. Amis is right, one of the Calvinists said. We can't miss out on the potluck. How are we supposed to show how holy we are without choosing to not talk to women during the one time of the week when it's okay to talk to women? Yeah, I gotcha, the lead Arminian said. I don't want to be late to the potluck and miss out on all the good casseroles. So we dance after the potluck, capiche? Don't be late, the lead Calvinist said. Now you believe we have a choice to be late, Armand said. What, you believe in free will now? The other Arminians laughed. The lead Calvinist raised his flamethrower and moved towards the lead Arminian. Another biker stopped them. Cool it, man, he ain't worth it. We'll get him later. Yeah. The lead biker said, Come on, guys, let's make like those folks confronting sexual temptation and flee. The Calvinists revved their bikes and took off towards the exit. Truth tried to get back on her bike and follow them, but she was still having trouble. Hold on, guys, I'll be right there. The lead Arminian snapped his fingers, and they walked out in unison. The world where they had stood returned to color. Christian, zealot, and loved walked in front of Truth, who was still trying to get her motorcycle started. Truth, what are you doing? Love said. Why have you joined up with those disrespectful reprobates? Because they're correct, and don't, uh, don't talk smack about my homies like that. Okay, listen. Christian put a hand on Truth's shoulder. You're making a mockery of punk accents everywhere. Please stop. 
Fine. Truth returned to her normal accent of overt pretentiousness. But you are mistaken about my new comrades. They care about me. They're just using you to go after people who believe things different from them, Love said. They're doing it in a most unkindly way. We haven't hurt anybody, Truth said. What we believe does matter, plus it's factual. Why does that matter, Love said. Why does it matter if everything we do is predestined? Why does it matter, Truth said. It's a discussion on what is real and what isn't. Of course it matters. We can't know everything, Truth. Don't say that. Truth's face seemed to grow heated. You know I hate it when you say that. Love put a hand on Truth's shoulder. I'm on your side, Truth. I care about you. You're my sister. Truth looked away, but her face grew less angry. Yeah, well, that doesn't make you right. Truth revved her motorcycle and took off towards the exit. We'll be back with more Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded after these messages. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded is brought to you by the following. So somebody is doing something you don't like. Don't feel bad. It happens to all of us. And unfortunately, we don't have the power to enslave other people to our will, obliterating their freedom and self-identity as meat puppets of our every sadistic whim. Or do we? You've heard of stealing, the act of enslaving a person temporarily via reappropriating of the fruits of their labor? What if I told you that you could do the same thing to a person's liberty as well? No, I'm not talking about chattel slavery, though it is easy to get the two mixed up. I'm talking about lying! Lying is when you misrepresent reality with the intention of twisting another person's actions against their will to suit your own selfish ends. It's like mind control, but with lying, they don't know that their will has been altered and that they're an enslaved peon of a brutal master. They think they're making their own decisions based on accurate information. You can lie and get people to do all sorts of things. Marry you. Join a war. Listen to the next episode of a podcast with the impression that a certain plot point will be resolved. The only limit is your creativity and your persuasiveness. Lie. Not associated with the soap. We now return to Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. The weekly Pilgrim's potluck was larger than Christian expected. Several long tables in the courtyard had way more food on them than anyone could eat. The Calvinists and Arminians were there with the other pilgrims, but they made sure to stay on opposite ends of the courtyard and eat at their own tables. Christian was in the middle of eating his pomegranate casserole when a young lady walked up. Hello, miss, Christian said. Hello the lady said. Do you want to not hang out? What? The girl ran away, giggling. Love and Zealot walked up and sat at his table. Zealot winked at Christian. Conversing with the local beautiful women, are we? That was the weirdest thing. Christian went back to eating his casserole. She just asked if I, we wanted to not hang out. Then she ran away. Love, do you have any idea what's going on here? Before Love could answer, an overweight man in a police officer's uniform walked up. What's going on here? We can't have women and men sitting at the same table. Look around you. Christian and Zealot did look around. It was true. Every table either had all men or all women. Even the Arminians and Calvinists had segregated. Is there a rule that women and men can't sit together? Christian said. No, that'd be legalistic, the man said. But you still shouldn't do it. Who are you to demand such authority? 
Zealot said. I am called Officer Courtship. You should sit with your own kind. If you go hanging around women too much, who knows what could happen? Friendship? Christian said. Edification? Maybe romance? Or sex? Courtship said. That's how it works, you know. Stand around women too long and sex happens. What? No, that's not how... Christian turned to love. That isn't how sex works, is it? Uh, no, Love said. What's this? Officer Courtship pulled a whistle from his pocket and blew a long blast. Are you talking about sex with the opposite sex? Technically, I'm just a feminine representation of the virtue of... Now listen here! Officer Courtship produced a chalkboard with a graph out of seemingly nowhere. Courtship pointed at the graph. You have the orthodox. He pointed higher. The unorthodox. He pointed at the top of the graph. And the most unorthodox. He paused for effect. You are in the most territory. Most, I say. Zealot turned to Christian. Ortho ducks? Like an orthodontist for ducks? Does he know ducks don't have teeth? Maybe he means cartoon ducks? Those often have teeth. Oh, yes. Quite terrifying. You said it, Zealot. Officer Courtship groaned and stamped at his foot. No, no, no. What I mean, it is dangerous spending too much time with the opposite sex. Christian stared at Officer Courtship. I think Zealot and I won't die if we have lunch with our friend Love. But you are not guarding her heart. Zealot rose. Guarding her heart? From what? Are we under attack? He drew his pistol. Don't worry, Love. Before they get you, they'll have to walk over my already decaying and blood-leached corpse. Yeah, me too, Christian echoed Zealot's motions, then paused. Wait, what? You don't understand, Officer Courtship yelled. You go giving your heart away, and it will cause irreversible damage. Whenever you spend time with someone of the opposite sex, you give a piece of your heart away. Christian scoffed. How can spending time with someone be giving my heart away? And even if it did, I have a big overseer. Nothing is irreversible. Now beat it. You're scaring my friend here. If we aren't careful, he's going to open fire on that chili station. It could be a heart attack in disguise! Zillet aimed his pistol at the end of the table where a large pot of chili stood. Officer Courtship said to guard our hearts. Well, the cardiovascular buildup from such food would be quite a threat to our hearts. What? No, that's not what I mean by guarding your heart. Well, you should. Zealot twirled his pistol. Have you seen how overweight everyone in this palace is? I'd say they need to guard their hearts. Officer Courtship scoffed and hobbled off. We'll see what superficial visor has to say about this. Most unorthodox, I say. Most! Christian watched the officer leave, then shook his head. What's his problem? Oh, he's just been upset recently, Love said. He used to have a lot more power and be a lot more popular. But so few people have been getting married because of him. A lot of people just don't listen anymore. Conscience jabbed Christian in the cheek. Psst! Hey, Christian! Christian ignored him. Does he want people of the opposite sex not to spend time alone with each other? Sometimes. Other times he demands relationships be organized by parents. Won't that just lead to plummeting marriage rates and immaturity in romantic relationships and thus numerous post-marital problems? Yes, Love said. Christian waited for Love to elaborate, but she didn't. Conscience pestered Christian again, but he was too busy eating. Zealot pointed towards the Calvinist. It would seem that a thing is about to go down, as the kids say. Christian looked up. The Calvinist leader walked up to the Arminians. Yo, Arminians, let's dance, boys. The Arminian leader approached the Calvinist. We accept your challenge. 
He turned to face the crowd. We'll have a fight in the usual place. Everyone who wants to watch may attend. The two leaders eyed each other and walked back to their sides of the courtyard. Well, Love said, this is the nicest gang war I've ever seen. That's to be commended. We must observe this contest of violence, Zealot said. Conscience poked Christian again. We gotta go. Huh? Christian jolted, as if being freed from a trance. Oh, right. We got work to do. The loss needs saving, and impending atomic doom and all that. Quite right. Zealot looked thoughtful, then his expression returned to his usual energized frenzy. But we should watch this fight first. We do need to support Truth, Love said. We can't leave her behind. Christian shifted his weight. I suppose. Conscience looked at him with concern in his tiny eyes, as if some major mistake had just been made. What major mistake has just been made? Will marriage rates ever recover from the courtship movement? And will all of my Calvinist listeners stop listening because they all don't have a sense of humor and can't take a joke? I know the Arminians will keep listening because they all have a sense of humor. Oh, you think I'm wrong and you think that you do have a sense of humor and can take a joke? Then prove me wrong by tuning in next time for more Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded was written by David Umstead. Audio editing by William Umstead. An audio recording by a normal carbon-based life form, not an alien imposter who is the vanguard of an impending invasion of shape-shifting extraterrestrials.